0: This is your host Tia. This is your host Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10 Why Eek e- e- 5, nations. five nations. E- Nation. Eek 5 Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top Ten by Geek Vibe Nation. As always, I'm your host Tia Fabie, and I have with me my wonderful co-host Brittany Heagle. How are you today, Brittany? I'm good. I'm good. I got
1: my my yogurt drink. That means that I am fully settled in to start this podcast. Strawberry banana, nothing better.
0: I would say strawberry kiwi is better, but that's a debate for a different time. They didn't have strawberry kiwi. Well, then fight them. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you sound like me wanting to fight everyone now, Tia. You feel a little, uh little randy.
0: Well, a, a little feisty today. <laughs> Which I can tell. Actually... I can tell. <laughs> It actually coincides perfectly with the topic of today's top ten, which is the top ten fight scenes in superhero movies. Because who nice doesn't love thank you, thank you. Who doesn't love seeing all of our favorite superheroes duke it out with each other? Because Let's be honest, while there's a ton of other things that go into superhero movies, you mostly go to see the knockout brawls in them. And that's what we're going to be exploring this this list. Now, it's funny, Brittany, I don't know what your list looks like. Obviously, we're going to get into that. But as I was putting it together, I was coming up with a lot of, obviously, Marvel fights. And then I had to sit there and I was like, and I was like, oh, it's superhero movies. That's right. I should diversify it a little. But then I was like, nah, this is a top ten fight scenes. I'm not going to try and be diplomatic just for the sake of it. I
1: know. That was me, too. Like, I threw a couple in that weren't from the Marvel movies because I was like, oh, i got to change it up. But I was like, man, Marvel has so many, like, good ones, and that's what makes it
0: hard. Well, when you have come out with 20-plus movies, it's easy to get caught up in just those movies. But uh, I guess the, either me or you or uh, Kelly, who will be joining us later, will come out with uh, something different other than Marvel. Who knows? But I'm really excited for today's top ten, just because... I usually like being excited for the top ten. That's just me though. Uh obviously putting in a shit ton more energy than Britney. I'm joking. I'm joking.
1: <laughs> whoa. 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 That was uncalled for.
0: No, no. I, I wanted to get you all pumped so that you too feel in the fighting mood right well, now. Well now I
1: wanna <laughs> fight you, bitch. Like it's on. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> It's like uh, with my Twitch, one of my most common phrases is fight me, fight me IRL. And you know what? You're bringing the Twitcher out of me, Tia, as you like to say. <laughs> Your favorite Twitcher.
0: The, join us next week for the next top 10, which will be the top 10 Britney and Tia fights. Singing.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I'm already going through the list in my
0: head. <laughs> it's been a lot of years of fights that, that we can compile into a top 10. More like a top 20. I'm right?
1: traumatized <laughs> now. Uh, you're, like, oh. triggering me right now.
0: <laughs> oh, Brittany, you know that I'm just joking, and I like to push her buttons. It's what I do best. I frequently come out and say some shit to Brittany just to see her reaction. I don't even mean it. I'll just say something, and she'll be like, Bitch.
1: He is an only child, so that's all the excuse I'll give her.
0: Okay, and Brittany is a middle child, so that's all the excuse that we'll give her.
1: Oh, okay, I'm I'm fighting ready now.
0: <laughs>
1: Kelly's gonna come in here not knowing what, what happened in the first hour and go, God, they really hate each other.
0: You know that um that gift where it's the one guy walking into a room with a pizza boxes in his hand and everything's on fire. And that's like what Kelly's going to step into, just everything on fire. Good, good. She needs to know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But before we get into the list, I do have a little bit of a plug to kind of put out there from a friend of the podcast now. Uh, you know, Brittany, because I talk about this off-air a lot, and I'm sure I talk about on-air as well, that uh, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, from a group called They Call This a Movie. Um, and they're a dear friend of uh, the podcast of Deep 5 Nation, and they actually have a- another podcast for D&D players. And because I know nothing about d and D, I I asked... Uh, The head over there, Anthony DelVecchio, if he could kind of put something together for me to read out for those to actually make sense. And he did. So I'm going to read this uh, promo off for all of those out there who are into D&D. So um, Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Join them every Wednesday as the Wild Stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Stranger Danes is also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and of course, you can find us at GeekVibesNation.com. Uh, Brittany, you're into D and D, so how does all of that sound to you? Did I did I sound like I was making sense as I was reading it?
1: Yes, it sounded it sounded perfect to you. I love D and D, so I would definitely enjoy getting to be a part of that, or at least listen or hear everything. But um, It made me think about how my D&D session got canceled last night, and now I'm jealous.
0: Uh, Well, you know, you can join Stranger Jamie's every Wednesday night to kind of uh, make up for that. So uh, for all my listeners out there who are into D&D, make sure that you check them out. And, yeah, let's get right into this podcast. Brittany, what's your number 10?
1: I was sitting there, and I was Thinking back to um, a lot of the fights, and I'm going to start with something small yet big, and it's going to be Hulk versus uh, Tony's uh, Hulkbuster suit.
0: Because Uh in in Age of Ultron,
1: right? Yeah, Age of Ultron, um, which it was such a funny, like random kind of fight scene, but sometimes we don't get to see quite how strong the Hulk is because I feel like a lot of times he either gets to the corner or only brought out in certain cases so to see him go full on or even the Hulkbuster suit and even knowing that there, Tony made a suit to fight him is actually really interesting because it makes me think of Batman and how Batman you know like in the TV show and even in I don't know if it's ever shown it in the movie I know they've done an animated movie of it where Batman has always has like a uh, a continuation plan. Like he has a way of bringing everyone down if they were to turn bad, right? So it's interesting literally
0: that... I no, I'm so sorry. To, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. But I'm pretty sure that is literally the like plot line for both Batman versus Superman and Justice League where in Batman vs. Superman, he made that suit to combat against Superman. And then in Justice oh, yeah. League, he literally, he literally says that he has files on all of them to have a plan just in case any of them go haywire. So I'm sorry, I just wanted to interrupt you really quick about that.
1: No, uh, it's good because, you know, I haven't hardly watched those movies. I've watched those, but I've, like, tightly tucked them out of my mind. Um, <laughs> Batman versus Superman is so bad. I'm so sorry, Jawan, please fire me if you disagree <laughs> <laughs> but but getting to see it with the Hulk and getting to see how how utterly destructive he is and Tony struggling with him, I thought was very interesting and also I was scared for Tony. I was like, you may want to like call back up or get some kind of help or something because you are getting totally messed up right now. And uh, I think it's interesting that later on that um, that banner has to use the suit because the Hulk is so scared of Thanos. He like went in a shell to never come out. Well, until we got, you know, Dr. Hulk. So, yeah. Let's yeah. Number 10.
0: No, it's so interesting because with both, like, say, from Thor Ragnarok on, the Hulk seemed much more, like, on their side, but you forget that, like, the Hulk was just kind of this, like, wild animal that really couldn't be contained to the point where they even had to come up with some sort of, like, hymn or something to lull him out of his anger, and The fact that Tony had that like contingency plan to create uh what was it called Veronica or something like that um like that he called the Hulkbuster suit but anyway like that's crazy okay um but it, it is insane that it's like you can't even like technically trust your own team member and that fight was insane because he really there was no stopping and it goes to show you how powerful the Hulk really is which is why I feel like sometimes they kind of pushed him aside because it's the same thing like the Captain Marvel effect he's too powerful like fights would be so one-sided with someone like him involved but I love that fight scene between Tony and the Hulk because there's at some point where Tony's fighting him and like whatever he does barely does anything to the Hulk and the Hulk looks so angry at him and he's like, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, and it was Veronica. Scared.
0: Veronica was the Veronica.
1: orbital system.
0: Okay. Um and then like at some point he has like the Hulk and he's like kinda like you know, doing this rapid punching, and he's like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, <laughs> but nothing, oh, but nothing,
1: but nothing. that's what it was, it cut, it, he caught his fist, and he's like, I'm sorry, yes. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, that's I'm what sorry. happened, <laughs> that's
0: perfect. It, I, but nothing was, like, even the Hulkbuster suit was doing virtually nothing to the Hulk. He tried everything. He put a cage over him. All Hulk did was go underground. And I think he literally dropped the Hulk from however high in the sky into a freaking like, uh, halfway constructed building. Remember, he was, uh, like, hovering Hulk, and he's saying to Jarvis or Friday or something he's like how quickly can I buy this building because he was just gonna freaking like throw the Hulk into it it's like it was tough it was tough because we saw that the Hulkbuster suit really didn't do a whole lot against the Hulk but it was interesting that we saw Bruce being able to use it in Infinity War but not using it that well because remember there's that one scene where he's like using it and he's like oh this is great it's like being the Hulk and he trips and you just see Okoye like giving him the stankiest look as she like, like passes him by I, I don't forgot know if you remember her stank that. face her stank
1: <laughs> face was the best like <laughs> she always looks like so fucking annoyed with everyone and I love it
0: because she's pretty much just like, you outsiders are the dumbest people ever. Like, why do we ever let people into Wakanda? <laughs> um, right. And she's
1: like, I'm regretting this decision to push for this.
0: Actually, before we move on, because I feel like you could do a top ten, like, best Okoye moment, just because, like, Denae Guerrera is fucking fabulous. But what does she say to T'Challa? In Infinity where she's like, "Um, when you said we were opening up Wakanda to the World, this is not what I had in mind. And he's like, well, what do you have in mind? She's like, I don't know, a Starbucks? <laughs> I love her. So, I just thought that was funny. But I love Anita... her, uh okay, go ahead, sorry.
1: Oh, no, I was just thinking of – um, there was this uh, TikTok I watched – Of, like, uh, there's, like, this Hispanic lady, like, she's just old and she's so sweet and everything, and her son is, like, putting up, like, oh, you have to uh, pick between these heroes of, like, who you would want, right? Like, which one you find hotter, right? And so he would go, like, Dr. Strange or Tony Stark. And she was, like, Dr. Strange, no, both. I want both. And, like, it was going uh, between, I can't remember who it was. Um, It was, like, Black Panther or uh, Thor or something like that. And she was, like, uh Black Panther, I mean, Thor, I mean, Wakanda Forever. And she goes like, the arm thing. And I don't know why it cracked me up so hard.
0: I was like,
1: you know what? This is perfect. I love it when older people have a sense of humor like that.
0: I mean, the Wakanda Forever thing was pretty, like, pumping when it first came out. People were kind of laughing that, um... Oh, God, Chadwick Bosman, the guy who plays T'Challa, was probably getting, like, tired of people constantly asking him to do it because it's like at some point someone, like, took a photo and he just looks so done. And it's like he probably gets that everywhere. He goes to get his coffee. And they're like, these a Wakanda forever thing. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, can I just get my fucking latte? But Right,
1: um... <laughs> right. That's bold of you <laughs> to assume he would get a latte, Tia. Not joking.
0: Everyone loves lattes. I want a latte right now. All right? Fair enough. Top I'll
1: top.
0: pick a latte <laughs> milk because I'm lactose intolerant. No, Jesus. Um, but I love your number 10, the Hulk versus the Hulkbuster. Uh, I'm going to go with the number nine, which I'll also pick a little bit more of a lighthearted fight just to kind of start everything out. And it's one of my favorite fights. It's – um. The Falcon versus Ant-Man in the first Ant-Man, just because I love, first of all, Scott, like having to retrieve something for Hank Pym. And they think that it's an old abandoned bunker, but lo and behold, it's the uh, new Avengers facility. And I just love the scene first so old, like, start, like, to begin with. He's Ant-Man's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, literally says that. And then, so he gets there. And it's like, he's like, wait, someone's coming, and you see Falcon, which, like, I never expected that Sam Wilson was going to pop up in the Ant-Man movie. It's like, oh, that's so cool, like, you know, that they chose him to be, like, the Avenger that he goes up against, because I think at that point he was, like, a fairly new Avenger, uh, because it takes place, like, right after Age of Ultron. But whatchamacallit, so freaking... Falcons like, hey, yeah, on his like intercom. I've sensed uh, some movement here, but uh, I'm not seeing anything. And Scott's like, it's okay. He can't see me. And Sam's like, I can see you. And and oh my god! (laughs) And Scott (laughs) just goes, no, "No, you
1: can't. And he's like, "Uh, yes, I can.
0: I forget that exchange, but Scott, like, you know, gets to his regular size, and he opens up his mask, and he's like, hi, I'm Scott, and you see Hope talking to her dad, and she's like, did he really just say, hi, I'm Scott, like, what the hell, yeah. and it's like, he has that moment where he's like, you know, I need something, I'm sure you can, you know, understand end of the world type stuff, and the Falcon's like, yeah, uh uh-huh but they end up fighting anyway. And it's like so funny because at first uh, Sam's like, whatever, newbie. But I think that Scott's technology like, you know, shocks him a little. But then at some point like Sam just gets so done and he like punches him. And they they have like, you know, A kind of a back and forth uh, brawl there which I thought was like just so funny to have it in the middle of like the movie uh, the two of them and then I just love that like Scott's able to like get away and my favorite is Sam going on the intercom, and he's like, it's very important that Cap doesn't hear about this. And, like, the <laughs> fact that, like, Sam was so concerned that Cap doesn't know that he just got his ass beat by some weirdo with, like, shrinking technology. It was so funny to me. So uh, that's definitely, like, on my list of top ten fights. And if you think about it, that little interaction Certainly sets up for civil war because at the end of the movie you know uh when when Luis is telling Scott you know the story that pretty much Sam Wilson is out there looking for anyone who may know the guy with shrinking technology i just what I
1: think I love so much about that scene is that basically. A lot of the times when we watch these movies, we never get to see what the Avengers are up to on their normal days, right? and so to see Sam having to deal with this bullshit while he's trying to do other stuff and them having their bunker, you realize, you know, not every fight is this big serious thing but I love that Sam so badly doesn't want to disappoint Captain America like, I guess that's how I would feel too I would be like, oh god, he's gonna give me that look, that disappointed look, and I really don't need that, right after he's (laughs) beaten my ass for doing the running what's he always say on your left
0: on your left
1: <laughs> on your left oh that okay which speaking of which we'll probably get into this later when he says that in that scene like to catch Aww. in america i was like i'm gonna literally start ugly sobbing right now but yeah oh. i really do i think that's a great fight see just because Ant-Man is so funny. Like, his humor and to get to see him interacting, and that's like the thing about Ant-Man is he's always on the outs. Like, he very rarely until it, like uh, Game, got to really be a part of the Avengers besides, you know, uh, Civil War, but to see him actually like interacting with him was pretty cool. I liked it.
0: I feel like Scott is always kind of like, uh, first of all, he's a great addition to you, and also, see, while, so he's so unassuming, right? But also, yeah. he's kind of like the, whatchamacallit, calls it, like the person that's brought in when you really need like something done. Like, if you realize how like kind of vital he is to things, like, okay, in Civil War, right, when they're trying to put people together. Who does Sam think about? The guy who just tried to kick my ass. Like, it doesn't matter that they had their own fight. He's like, oh, that guy was really, like, useful. He would be good on our side. And then, um, you know, in Endgame, they were what? Like, think about in Endgame, uh, they went five years without knowing what the hell to do. And then Scott comes and he's like, this is what we do. So it's, like, while he's funny and you think he's kind of, like, a dumbass or anything, like, Scott's really intelligent and he's really, like, useful in all of this. So I just love, like, w- what was set up in the MCU from the get-go with Scott. And I just loved his interactions with Sam. I'd love to see more uh, interactions because do you remember in Civil War when they're having the big airport fight scene? And Ant Man goes big, and Sam literally is like, "Yeah, go Tic Tac!" <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, which that's actually on my list too.
0: Well, yeah, no, I'm sure we'll get to all of those types of things, but um I just thought that that was a, a really great fight scene—the uh the one with Ant Man versus the Falcon—and just kind of like I don't know, fun stuff like that. Like as you said. um we don't often see what the Avengers are doing in between, like, their big battles. We just see them there, and which is kind of why I love the endgame as well. It showed them more, like, as people other than superheroes. But, yeah, so Sam is just, like, on his every day, just, like, you know, patrolling the Avengers Tower. He's, you know, uh, a former military person, so that would be very natural to him. So I love it. That's definitely my number nine. Uh, let's
1: move on, Brittany. What is your number eight? Let me look here. I'm, like, sitting there, like, seeing which one would probably be best. But I think I'm going to do – I feel like this deserves to be higher up, but I'm, like, trying to, like, organize my brain. I'm also staring at Toby because – When my older brother watched my cats, uh, apparently Toby picked up from one of the other cats how to open cabinets, and he likes to slam them super freaking loud. So let me move him out of the way right quick.
0: But um,
1: I'm going to do Frank versus the Irish, because, like, Frank Castle, I mean. Brittany, Brittany.
0: We're doing yes. just movies.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I thought we were doing shows too, like like superhero fights. Okay, that you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and do the airport thing then. Okay. <laughs> Since we're already yeah, led um, into this. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with that one because one, you have Spider-Man coming in, and he's so like so sweet, so like. Oh, hey, I'm really excited because I get to meet Captain America and all these heroes, but he's also, like, fighting them at the same time, which I thought was adorable. Then you also have uh, Sam and um, Winter Soldier teaming up and not really particularly liking it, and um, what else was there that like you said you had Ant-Man growing up real big which I thought was hilarious too because Sam was so excited about it but I love that like uh, Captain America's version of the team is like a bunch of like hooligans Like, you think about it, you literally have Ant-Man, Well, like, Tony and them are, like, more of, like, oh, we're trying to be put together and play by the rules, and, you know, and Spider-Man's such a Boy Scout, you know, which, then you had, you had Black Widow, but then we saw what ended up with her, then you also have, uh, oh,
0: was it Brody or Rhodey? Well, I was just going to say that that's true. It's like Tony's team, right? You have Rhodey, who is literally like a decorated military person. You have literally a king of a country with Black Panther. Then you have the Boy Scout. You have Vision, who is probably like the most neutral person. So it's like Tony's team certainly is like you would say like the more like a Status worthy people, whereas the yes. cast are like the cat's like here's the next murderer, a uh, a criminal, like with Scott, uh, a yes. witch, and yeah, this is my team here. Yes. <laughs> I, saying, I forgot that Scarlet Witch was in that fight. Yeah, yeah, no, she was a a big um uh person in that fight. Because I like that there's a scene between Hawkeye and Black Widow while they're fighting. And uh, at some point, Black Widow just gets, like, yeeted out of the picture. And Hawkeye looks, and it's Scarlet Witch. And Wanda's like, you were pulling your punches. And she, like, you know, like, goes back into the fight because it's, like, obviously Hawkeye and Black Widow are friends uh fighting each other so they're not gonna try and go as hard as say they normally would. But I Sorry, love my Air Force. What?
1: I still dislike ha- Hawkeye. I don't know why I never warmed up to him.
0: Oh, me me either. Like I'm one hundred percent he should have died in Endgame, not Natasha. But that's a Subject for another day, um, what you said Yeah, no, I love the airport fight scene. That is, like, one of the best fight scenes, just seeing them all, like, come at each other in the middle of that, using their different powers. Like, um, speaking about the scene where Ant-Man, like, goes big, right? Uh, I love Tony going, does any of our people have some miraculous powers or abilities they'd like to share now? Because he's, like, so done that, like, Cap like, team had that in their pocket pretty much. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I mean, I enjoyed that whole entire fight, seeing it, like, uh, Ant-Man going into Tony's suit. And fucking with the shit in there, and he's like, "It's your conscious, Tony. We haven't talked in a while." Um, and then I also love the uh, one of my favorites was Cap and Spider-Man fighting, and Cap kind of like going, "Oh, you got heart, kid. Where are you from?" And he's like, "Queens," and Cap just kind of like gets that look, and he's like, "Brooklyn," and he like, you know, walks away and everything. And I just love that like little
1: interaction between them I was gonna say Peter's too nice to be from New
0: York oh my god Uh, I love I also love the scene with um like Sam and Bucky versus Spider-Man because we see how strong Spider-Man is in that moment like he literally was able to catch Bucky's arm. Uh and then he's like talking and Sam's like, Yo kid, I don't know how many fights you've been in, but normally there's not this much talking. Um and oh, he's poor this.
1: Peter. He just like he wanted to meet all his heroes, which you always know, see in the Spider Man movie, like from his point of view where he- Underoos.
0: Is that what it was? Nine- <laughs> he calls him Underoos. He's like underoos, and under and he like comes and he like catches Cat Shield and everything. Like, I love that shit. That was such a good, like, scene between all of them. Uh, and I loved also, because, you know, the whole thing throughout the movie, right, that always, like, bothered me was Natasha taking Tony's side. Because I'm like, she, she's on cast team. So the fact that she would side with Tony, like, really like, confused me, which I guess, you know, if you go down to, like, the schematics of everything, you can understand why. But in the end, like, she's completely team Cap because she helped Cap and Bucky escape when uh Tatala was after them.
1: And I get kind of why she did it was because she had been against the law for so long that she kind of wanted to... Um make up for it but I think she realized hey you know I was this is kind of a better reason and also she has to go back with her baby boy uh Captain America
0: her uh, well, what is, uh they still should body. have been together 100% what does she say to Cap at some point at like Peggy's funeral she's like us being together is more important than how we're together because I think she saw that, you know, the government was going to do what they wanted to do no matter what, right? So it's either they sign the contract and they at least get to be the Avengers or they don't sign the contract and now suddenly they're deemed criminals. So to her, she's like, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's just sign the freaking thing and at least we still get to be the Avengers. And Carol's like, nope that don't make sense. You ain't going to put chains on me, girl. He's like, it's going to be a no from me, dog. <laughs> exactly. And then Sam, of course, being like the best friend of all best friends, was like, I don't even need to hear no more. Steve Rogers isn't in it, so I'm not in it. Which, Can so we I I talk like how his
1: friendship thing. happened so quickly with Sam? Like, they went from... Like, just running to suddenly, like, fast, fast friends.
0: Well, freaking John and I were talking about this actually yesterday, briefly, where we were saying that Sam, like, literally, like, gave up his own life to be, like, an Avenger and be alongside Cat, you know? Like, he was just chilling, doing his own thing. And then, next thing you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go against fricking Shield. That's really Hydra for you. I'll go against the United States government for you. I'll go on the run with you. Like, and you know that freaking Sam in Endgame was like, yo, Doctor Strange, like, I want to be the one to reveal everything. It's going to be cool. Steve and I have an ongoing joke. It's going to be awesome. We're going to get it. <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: Except still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> Everything's
0: a better love story stories in Spotlight, But uh, Okay, better love yeah.
1: story than Bucky too while we're at
0: it. Oh shots. Fired. Oh. Love it, love it, love it. it. Um uh, and I also love the airport scene. Great number eight. Let me see what I am doing. Uh, Alright, I'm gonna do also a Civil War one. And it's small, but I kind of really love it, and it's going to be, I don't know if you remember, it's going to be Bucky versus Sharon Carter and Natasha, because, you Ooh, know, that is that a I good love, one. Yeah, so you know I love Sharon Carter just because like, I originally loved that actress from the show Revenge, and I was super pumped to see her in uh, The Winter Soldier. She had, like, fantastic lines, and then she got drawn to Civil War, which admittedly, they kind of just whittled her down to, say, a romantic interest, but she is going to be in uh, the upcoming Winter Soldier and Falcon show, so it'll be cool to see her, like, more in a kick-ass role, but anyway, so you know, even though she's not, say, an Avenger, she's still an agent, so she still, like, has Fighting abilities, she still has instincts, and I love that the two people who are going up against this like supercharged, like brainwashed Bucky are these two badass women. And you know, I've always like loved Natasha's like fighting style because it pretty much just consists of her wrapping her legs around some dude's neck and like flinging them to the ground. I just love that. such <laughs> an such an alpha female move. Yeah, exactly. So then you have both uh, Sharon and Natasha like going hand-to-hand with Bucky and, you know, kind of like, you know, holding their own really quick with him and just seeing that there is there are those abilities when it comes to Sharon specifically. And then I love, of course, where Natasha is fighting against Bucky and he gets her onto the table And she goes, you can at least remember me, which I think was supposed to be an Easter egg to not only in the comic uh, that Natasha and Bucky had history, but also remember in The Winter Soldier, she acknowledges to see that uh, they had encountered each other at some point in the past. So I like that little nod there. I do too. Yeah, and as an addition to that scene, I do also, even though it's Bucky versus the girls, I do also love uh, Tony coming in really quick because, you know, he didn't bring an Iron Man suit with him, but he has that little, like, uh, wristwatch thing that, like, turns into, like, at least a hand. And can we acknowledge that, like, Bucky pulled the trigger? Like, if it weren't for the fact, like, when they were fighting and Bucky got the gun... If it weren't for the fact that like Tony put his hand over it and he had the iron like glove on, like he would have had a freaking like hole shot through his hand. Which e- even really Tony cool.
1: looked shocked in that scene. Even he yeah, was he like, was...
0: "Oh shit." Yeah, exactly. Which you know you can then understand like later on why like Tony has such an aversion to Bucky. You know because it's like this guy like pull on was going to kill me without any regard. Um, But before I pass it to you, I just realized I wonder if that whole thing was a nod, like the whole hand thing. And I'm probably reaching here, right? But let me tell you. So there was a movie back in the 90s called uh, Natural Born Killers with Woody Harrelson. And oh, shit, I forgot who the girl was which I feel like that type of movie would not be able to be made these days. Like, if people lost their shit over the Joker, you see a couple that loves each other and loves murdering people, you guys would have a fucking field day. But um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a journalist in the movie, and he gets taken hostage by this couple. And he's kind of, like, he's kind of very Tony Stark in the fact that, like, he doesn't take much seriously. But there's at some point where they're talking and they're like, Oh, raise your hand and he raises his hand and they literally fucking shoot a hole through his hand. And I'm like, I wonder oh, if that shit. Scene. And I'm like, I wonder if there's this that scene with Bucky was supposed to be like a nod. I'm probably reaching so far there, but it just made me think of it in this moment. But yeah, so how many uh, getting my, shot in the hand? <laughs> uh, so my scene is Buffy versus Sharon and Natasha Brittany what do you think about that scene oh I
1: agree because not a lot of times that well it's nice also that I know Black Widow is supposed to have some kind of serum in her but it is nice to see these people that we normally we don't consider to be superpower to be going against someone who is fully serumed which gets me thinking. I wonder if the ever met him, because it was the Russians that found him, right? I'm trying to remember. It was the Russians, right, yeah. that found like found uh, Bucky.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, so, because I mean, he has like the a...
1: freaking hammer and sickle on the side of his arm. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's a whole like mythos that will probably never because, you know, they may not like in the movies or have the time to do it in the movies, and we'll just have to kind of uh, sit here and fill in the blanks ourselves pretty much, but um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because they may, in the comics, like, Natasha has some sort of the super soldier serum, but that's never, like, brought up in the actual movies. It may in the Black Widow movie, but as far as we know, in that moment, it's just two, quote, unquote, normal people going up against Bucky.
1: Yeah, like, to me, that just seems so badass that you show, it really shows the type of training that they have. And I, like you said, I do love the scene where she was like, you could at least remember me. And I'm like, Ugh, I, want, I want a whole story now of like them having had work together in the past. I want something more that, you know, we're probably never going to get that because they decided to just randomly kill off Black Widow. I really feel like they're going to end up regretting that because it did not have the, the punch that they probably were hoping that it would have. But they made it too goofy with the no. Let me throw myself off the cliff. No, no. Let me throw <laughs> myself off the cliff. I don't know why that scene is so funny to me.
0: It, like, it is funny. It's like it's like I'm gonna kill myself for the soul stone. No, I'm gonna kill myself for the soul stone. And like they're kind of making a joke out of it. And it's like it didn't have like it didn't have the emotional punch that it did when Thanos like tossed Gamora out because Gamora was resisting. Uh, we It was the first time we saw, it. we obviously saw once they got up to there that we knew, oh shit, like one of these people are going to have to die in order to achieve this. So it's like we already knew that they were going in that direction and then when you have them do like this like little like fight, apparently um, there was a deleted scene and it's online where Thanos sends his army to follow them, and they and Hawkeye and Black Widow end up having to fight them. And it's through that that Black Widow gets like blasted off the cliff, essentially. So that would have been better. It would have been better, but I think they're gonna regret it too, especially since like, all right, the Black Widow movie was fucking epic, right? Like, the trailers look great. You have this whole, like, mythos of, like, these you know, essentially because we see, all right, we see the Avengers and primarily they're American, right? Except for, say, like, Black Panther and um, I don't know, Vision because he's a robot, but you know. Uh,
1: <laughs> hey, he's American-made, you know. Tia, with a, like, and, oh, British yeah. accent
0: made in america but you see essentially like that is just the americans right but they're not the only superheroes out in the world there's also these like russians pretty much that are existing there so it's like to be able to kind of see that world you're going to regret it if you're not able to sort of like really do that like if Black Widow is successful the movie like what are you going to do either you're going to regret the fact that you killed off Natasha or they're going to have to make Yelena uh, the new Black Widow but then I was hearing rumors so I was like oh what if Yelena gets killed during the movie I'm like that would be stupid like that would be I already stupid. Know, you know
1: Alexi's like, probably going to die and I'm bummed
0: Alexi's definitely going to die but at least
1: they should. <laughs>
0: Sorry, you're, you're like
1: you're like. Oh, he's definitely gonna die. It made me laugh. You no, know,
0: I only say that because it's like, what purpose would the Red Guardian have after this? You know what I'm saying? He's not gonna join the Avengers unless they're plan and you know unless they're planning on eventually having a Captain America versus Red Guardian fight, like. What is really the point of the Red Guardian? And you know, like, I love David Harbour. I'm fucking excited for it. But I'm just thinking, like, story-wise and shit. You know what would be great? Let them do, a Disney, Plus, let them do a Disney Plus series. Six episodes. Yeah. We get to show more of the mythos and everything. And you can do it that way. If you don't want to make room for it in the movies, then bring it to Disney Plus.
1: A, a girl can dream, right?
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I did hear, really quick before we move on, I did hear rumors, but these could just be rumors that, um, you know, if they do decide to, you know, Yelena, she's the blonde one in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's more than just one black widow. They're all black widows. So, you know, and Florence, I don't know how to say her last name, but the actress who plays Yelena, she's really popular right now. So you would probably be – it would probably be a smart move to want to keep her in the MCU. That's just my opinion with it. But um, let's move on. Brittany, what's your number six? I'm going to go with
1: the scene that we both really love, a fight scene, and that, uh, I feel like it is all Marvel, but I can't help myself, Tia. Like, do not, do not fault me. I'm gonna I'll go try to. With, with the uh, Winter Soldier. like uh, Was it Winter Soldier? Wait, I don't remember which one it was. But the one where he's fighting Brock in the, the elevator fight scene with Captain America, where you have this whole. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Was it on your list? No, 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 no. I'm just like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, well, I love it so much because I love like when Captain America's standing there and he's like, "Before we start, does anybody want off?" And and like everybody just doing that slow turn before like, like I looked in the elevator. That is such a tight elevator, and it is filled to the brim with people. Yeah. And, like, I love that they were trying to, like, cuff him to the metal, like, that was magnetized. And they end up do, like, they kick his hand and it ends up hitting it. And him just, like, because you have to think about how scary that would be. Do have that many people on you that basically want you dead? Which I think they were using more of, like, non-lethal means. But I love when Brock goes, I just want you to know... It's nothing personal. And then they get into it, and Brock gets knocked out, and Captain America's like, I'm not going to lie, this feels a little personal. I'm <laughs> like, oh, it, it's just perfect. And then you have, like, like where you're realizing how strong Captain America is, because you have uh, basically that SWAT team running at him, and he ends up uh, hitting his shield through the cable so that it drops. And then later on, he just jumps out of the freaking elevator and just lands on his shield. I'm like that would shatter your arm and shoulder like how strong are you? Are you like Wolverine? do you have uh like what it what was his like bones made of was it made out of vibranium I'm, I don't remember mm-hmm. either way
0: not vibranium it was like animantium or something like yes, that.
1: Yes, yes because there's I forget there's always two types of metal in marble yeah. and I can't remember which one's stronger. I think uh what Wolverine's made of is stronger. But uh, that whole scene, the choreography war it was great. Getting to see Captain America struggle and him being witty was perfect. I think that was Winter Soldier, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Okay, I was
1: just making sure. But yeah, that's going to be
0: my pick. Oh, I love that scene so much. Like, freaking, because I love the anticipation of it, right? You're not, like, suspecting anything in that moment, because if you think about it, right, like, Cat doesn't know anything, okay? Cat doesn't know that Shields is hiding Hydra, pretty much, yada yada, right? He literally just both with, um, oh, God, Robert Redford's character about, you know, Nick Fury uh, being dead and being in his apartment. And so to him, he's just just going into the elevator. And then Brock and his team come in. Brock asks him, like, hey, do you want me to check this out? And Cap's like, yeah, da-da-da. And then slowly you see, like, all these other people coming in. And Cap's like, why are all these people in the fucking elevator? And then he looks at that one guy, and the guy is sweating, like, he notices, like, a sweat drip on his forehead, and I think, like, and Cap is, like, starting to put shit together, like, these motherfuckers are here to, like, get me, and as you said, I love that line where he's, like, before we get started, does anyone want to, and him just going, like, one of the best choreographed fight scenes in the MCU like everything about that, it was heart pounding, heart racing. Like everything about it was just like holy shit. Uh, you know, when his arm, when his hand does eventually get like handcuffed and at the uh, against the wall, and him having to like fight them with with one arm, like pretty much was fucking crazy. And I love at the and as you said, where uh, Brock was like, it's nothing personal, and he's like, it feels personal. Um, <laughs> And I, I love after that fight him like kicking up the shield right, and people were saying like, "Oh Steve, so dramatic!" Literally has to jump out of the elevator, um, and he lands, he lands on the floor, and it's like, like holy shit, like him like landing and hitting the ground like from that high of a distance and you could like feel almost like how much that must have hurt him. But as you said, he like, he's so strong. He's Captain America. He was able to like withstand that fall. And that's just crazy. Like that whole thing, such a fantastic scene. One of the best, uh, the elevator scenes, like that elevator scene is so iconic that it's like they had to include something similar in endgame and remember when they get on the elevator in endgame I'm like are we gonna have another elevator fight like I literally was sitting there like almost like giddy over it I was like oh fans know what this is coming to but it was almost just as iconic what eventually happened in endgame too you know I'm glad you pointed
1: out that the guy was sweating and that's what you know. because i was just re-watching that scene and i was like why is he looking at that guy because the guy's like whispering to himself like yeah i really realized oh it's because he's nervous it's because he knows that they're about to get into this and i'm like you know what i'd be nervous sweating too i'd be like this is not the job for me my friends
0: <laughs> I would definitely be nervous if like a bunch of normal guys they were like, Hey, you're gonna go up against Captain America Which I loved in um in The Winter Soldier, like how strong they made him because I went and rewatched the first Captain America, the first Avenger and it really didn't seem like they were like exposing how strong he really was like going back and watching it's still a good movie but from the perspective of the viewer the only thing that like really changed is that he went from being skinny to being frolic right he's not really that fast uh and he's not really that overly strong he's just you know like a soldier pretty much who just got buff and it's like okay like but I and even in the first Avenger, they don't really show that that much. He just seems normal, like as if like he was just a you know like a Sam Wilson or a a roadie, you know like obviously experienced, but nothing say chemical about him. I want to say, and I really feel like it was in the Winter Soldier where they really first showed you like he's not really one hundred percent say quote unquote normal human. Like, there's something in him that makes him different than just the average, like, normal soldier. And that's what I like, because no normal human being would have been able to withstand that fall. Oh,
1: yeah. No, definitely. All I could think about is Deadpool talking about how the landings are so hard.
0: (laughs) Oh, the superhero landing. Really bad on the knees. Really bad on the knees.
1: Perfect. Love it.
0: Uh, Deadpool does that with um uh oh, the girl Angel where he's like she's going to do the superhero landing she's going to do the superhero landing and then it's like oh really bad on the knees <laughs> yeah he's like talking
1: about how it's cool but so bad on the knees
0: I love that I love Deadpool like can you imagine if we had Deadpool in the MCU for like the past couple of movies like his commentary like imagine his commentary in Civil War you're like really guys really
1: (laughs) I'm so excited for Deadpool coming in I just wonder how it's gonna
0: all pan out it could be one of those things where either they make the effort to integrate him or they can they keep him separate because it may be too difficult to explain um, and then also people may not like the fact that he obviously then has to go down to a PG-13 rating.
1: I just want to see Peter Parker with him because that's the big thing in the comics of Deadpool and Spider-Man having like this friendship flush rivalry. So to see Deadpool with Boy Scout Spider-Man, I will be so happy. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's a big thing, right? Like, people even ship that, I feel like, yeah, right? Yeah, people oh, definitely ship them. Well, which would no, be really weird a part... to you. I was
1: going to say, there's even a scene where Deadpool has to ride on Spider-Man's back, I think, going up a wall. And Deadpool's like, oh, the shippers are going to love this. And Spider-Man's <laughs> like, what? And he's like, nothing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Deadpool talks to the audience always
1: <laughs> perfect perfect.
0: oh my god that's fantastic Um, I know I'm sitting here and I'm like everything is like MCU but I can't help it I just love all the MCU like uh, you know in Deadpool alone now that we brought that up I mean there are so many great fight scenes even in Deadpool you know I didn't even think about that that is good uh what was i going to say i think i was going to make one last uh observation about i'm just trying to kill a little time before kelly comes on so that we're not continuously you know continuing on with the list just yet um but but i i love this elevator like fight scene to me it's definitely one of the like most iconic Uh, And I think I just loved, like, seeing Brock go up against Captain America because, as we know, like, Frank Grillo is really a fighter in real life. So uh, I think that there is always a certain amount of, like, more of an authenticity that comes to his fight moves because I think he knows what he's doing. Like, oh, you know, what? that is true, actually. There was an interview with Chris Evans where he said, you know, uh, Frank Grillo is a boxer, so if you don't, you know, move quick enough, you're going to catch one of his fists in your face.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm so I'm sorry. I was thinking about, Frank, like, Brock, whenever he, uh, whenever like he's like, whoa, whoa, big guy. I don't know why I love that. Like, everybody calling him the big guy, I was like,
0: that's hot. Well, because... <laughs> He was, uh, Captain America is literally the upside-down Dorito. <laughs> I love the upside-down Dorito. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I do love that as well. Um, I also love because I know it's not going to be on our list, but I love the little fight between um, Brock and Sam, you know, as like the building oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. very much collapsing. But I love, because doesn't Brock have like some sort of line where he's like oh in hydra pain comes from this and da da. are you ready for yours and Sam's like man shut the hell up <laughs> <laughs> no, one needs, no one needs your crazy nazi propaganda here get right. on already. which gets me thinking i gotta find where the f words
1: are have been said in marvel because pg-13 movies aren't there a lot of one f-word per like i don't know how many movies
0: they're allowed one f-word that's where like you know going to say uh the marvel shows on netflix there's always a fuck in it you know like if you watch like i made it a hobby to see when was you know and the punisher usually always does it but uh I think they have the option to say the f word, but because these movies are you know supposed to also be kid friendly, I don't think that they ever took advantage of that. That's why they say shit uh you know, I think that that's the um and as they say shit uh which I think is probably the extent of it and also if you remember and i look back on this and i'm like i can't believe they got away with it but in guardians of the galaxy the first one uh drax called gamora the green whore oh yeah
1: oh oh and uh a theory almost says he's, uh, he almost says mother ever
0: oh in uh in infinity war right as he's like, oh, yeah turning yeah off. when he's
1: disappearing
0: yeah, he's like, motherfucker, but they would never like, you know, well, that, okay, that's like in both Spider-Man movies, Peter Parker almost says it, remember at the end, well, no, not Peter, okay, really quick, at the end of Homecoming, when Aunt May comes into his room and sees him take off the mask, she's like, what the, and then, like, it ends. And then in Oh yeah, I forgot
1: about that because nobody expected May would say that. Aunt <laughs> May would say that. By the way and then, I'm it, so happy they made her hot. Like I love old Aunt May, but I'm also like, you know, doesn't make much sense for like to being like the sister of his parents, like one of his parents. I don't know which side of the family. But I wanna know what happened to Uncle Ben.
0: Uh, we were talking about that all yesterday, uh, Juan and I, and pretty much saying like, you know, what if they just made this Uncle Ben and this, uh, you know, we're all different. Like, maybe he didn't die. Maybe he's just estranged. Like, ever thought that Uncle Ben and Aunt May may have divorced? Like, <laughs>
1: but um,
0: this ha
1: Happy's like, I'll be your new Uncle, baby.
0: Right? Well, because Juwan pointed out that it's like when Happy came in, right, it wasn't that Peter was like, oh, Aunt May, how could you replace Uncle Ben like that? It was like, ew, I don't want to think about my aunt, you know, with someone, you know, with someone because I'm still like a 16-year-old kid, which, by the way, Aunt May is played by Marissa Tomei, who used to date. Robert Downey Jr. back in the nineties, and Robert Downey Jr. actually suggested Marissa Tomei for the role of Aunt May, and so Aww. it makes it even so it makes it even funnier that he's like, "Oh wow, she's so beautiful, your aunt, really hot," you know, blah blah. Oh yeah, because he's like, Cause oh, yeah, cause he's like, like "I dated yeah. her."
1: <laughs> he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Oh yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I love, but, um, it. I love it. Uh what was I going to say? I have no freaking idea. Um I guess we should move on with the, the list just so that we can keep going. Uh when Kelly calls in, she calls in. But um you did number six, right? I believe so. Yeah, you did the Brock versus Because I had two more left. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, cool. Let's see what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I feel like there's so many. And I'm like, what do I want to do here? Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you a break. me so... of a
1: regular show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and they're all like, hmm, hmm. yeah that's you I loved the regular show more than I loved Adventure Time Um, I just love that show so much but uh, I'm going to take a break from the Captain America spectrum of the MCU but still remain within the MCU because I'm that bitch but uh, freaking I am going to do and this is one of those uh, scenes that I feel like what you recall, it, like divided people. You know, some people thought like it was really cool. Other people were like, oh, you know that they forced that too much. But I love this scene, and it's going to be the Captain Marvel fight, like a uh, you know, um, just a girl, like fight scene. Do you know oh, what I'm that's a about? good one. I like that. And so we have Captain Marvel. Uh, you know, towards the end, uh, she's realized that freaking the Kree are not who she thought they were she's assisting the Skrulls at this point and they get to the ship where uh, the Skull, uh, the Skrulls refugees are the Kree led by Jude Law's character have found her and at this point you know Captain Marvel, Carol Sanvers is just like had enough with everything and it's time for her like you know like her, her epic battle scene, and what plays in the background, but Gwen is no doubt freaking just a girl. And I don't care if people think that it's fucking forced. I loved it so much because if you look at the movie as a whole, the whole entire thing is people like restraining her, you know, pushing her down. Like, not only what we see her growing up. And being told that she can't do certain things because she's a girl, but then the Cree themselves were restraining her and holding her back. And the whole, you know, uh, message of the song is like, just let me be. They won't let me drive late at night. You know, I'm just a girl. You know, I gotta hold their hands and everything. And so for that to be playing while Carol Danvers is like kicking ass, was just so cool to me. I loved it. Her taking on the other Cree. Uh, during this fight, um, there's just so many good little parts in it where you know uh, she's fighting like the one person. The one person's like, I don't want to do this to you, and she's like, okay, like she's like, so just don't do it. Or she goes and fights like the other Cree woman and. Carol's like, oh, you knew the truth this whole time. Is that why we never hung out? And the girl's like, no, I just didn't like you. And they just like, Like, (laughs) little, like the little quips in the fight scene were just so cool to me. And I, as a fan of someone who loves that song so much, to see it play, you know, to me it was like, I hate to say this, but it was like, yes man tears, because you knew, like, that was this, like, this movie in general, like, triggered so many people, and it's, like, it was just so unapologetically, like, feminist, like, I'm just going to say it, because I don't think there's anything wrong with that, um and it was so just unapologetically feminist, and for them to, like, essentially put one of, like, the feminist anthems in the middle of her, like, fight where she's learning about herself. I was like, to me, I thought it was badass. I was like, it's not forced at all. Like, we have plenty of movies that have epic, you know, music playing in the background, even music that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. That song was upbeat. It made sense. And especially since the uh, movie took place in the 90s, I mean, they played, you know, so many... Uh, 90s classic Nirvana and stuff like that so it's like why wouldn't it make sense to them to not only play a 90s classic but also a feminist anthem so I really liked this scene in Captain Marvel what are your thoughts Brittany? I liked it too
1: because didn't they have like a flashback to everything she had gone through from her father you know be- getting on to her for uh, crushing the go-kart you know, acting like, you know, why, you know, don't you know you're not supposed to be able to do that? And her having her older brother and how that always, you know, there is that double standard. And I feel that. It's like, I love my parents, but there's definitely the double standard of like between having brothers and being the daughter of like what you can or can't do. And so getting to see her like that part where she's like standing up after each part in her life of dealing with what she dealt with. And then basically being like super Saiyan, I was like, I was like, I got chills. And that freaking song is so good. I bet my old boss at GameStop would have been dying. He's obsessed with no doubt, like obsessed. (laughs) Like he was like, I would lose like all my limbs if I meant getting to like touch her and I'm like, well, if you have no limbs. I don't know how you can do that. But you get me. But you get But he, uh-huh. <laughs> well, like... No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just saying, like, it is such a good scene. I love getting to have that, like, empowering moment for her. And I get where people could be like, oh, it's and stuff. But I felt like the end, uh, it accumulated to the perfect moment for her to be able to fully realize her powers.
0: Yeah, I mean, my whole thing is that I just don't see the problems with the movie. Like, I see problems with the movie, right? Like, and we've talked about it, uh, like CGI wise, right? Uh, some of the pacing. I can understand being not so happy with what they decide to do with the scrolls because in the comics, the scrolls are common enemies. Um, so I can see those moments as why people dislike the movie. But I feel that people just wanted to purposely dislike it because maybe they didn't necessarily agree with things that Brie Larson said they were, you know, it's just, and you know me, I can go on a whole tirade and be like, what was really wrong with this movie? If it was a man in this position, we would not be having this discussion. It was simply because you had a woman who was a fighter, and that somehow was a problem. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman never seemed problem, but I don't necessarily know where the disconnect was. But it's the same thing, Brittany, that we're getting, right, with uh, Birds of Prey, with Harley Quinn and her outfit oh, my God, the amount of, like, sexism that I see for this where people are like, oh, you know, she looks so much better in the Suicide Squad. You know, she looks terrible, blah, blah, And it's like, what is the difference other than that she's probably covering up her skin just a little bit more? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people yes. are saying, Oh, they oh, they went out of their way to make Harley Quinn look unsexy. And it's like, what? That's why you go to see a female superhero? Like, we can all sit here and admit that Captain America is sexy as fuck. And when he's wearing his uniform, all you see is a head. And sometimes you don't even see that. He's wearing a helmet, right? Like, please yeah. tell me that I'm, like, not going crazy here.
1: Well, what gets me is that, you know, female superheroes have faced this problem since, you know, comic books that were even made a thing with the women having to have the revealing clothing or it's, like, a leotard or you know, okay, it's kind of like I face this problem when looking into what I want to cosplay, right, is that you know how I feel about, like, showing certain parts of my body that, like, I go, oh, I really want to be this cosplay, but then I'm going to have to walk around in the leotard and I'm going to feel uncomfortable or, you know, it's going to be very low cut. So to have, like like, a costume where it could be, where you don't feel like you have to be overly exposed would be pretty nice. And so I don't know why people are having such an issue with, like, oh, they have to be so revealing. And it's like Captain Marvel's completely covered up. Like, and I'm not saying that, like, in the reverse way of being like, oh, why well, does she got to cover up? It's just, it's interesting that on one hand, if they're revealing they go, oh, that whore, that slut, you know, why did they have to make it this way? But then when they cover up, they go, oh, they just made her totally unsexy. I don't know what they were doing. It's like, you can't win. But never once have I heard anybody grip about Captain America's or Thor's uniform, like, outfit. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, also, like, from a fighting standpoint, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, you want to be covered up for protection <laughs> unless you're wonder woman who like i i'm pretty sure her skin is like unbreakable right but yeah besides she's that, like, an Amazonian goddess yeah but besides that like you know someone like black widow like she's not going to be walking around in a skirt because she you know needs to be covered up because she needs her fighting and all that which it's really funny, and I don't mean to go on, like, as I said, a tirade, but I'm going to go on one anyway. No, um, oh, I it. You, ha- you have to go back and watch, like, the second Iron Man, which is when she was introduced, and then look at the trailers for the upcoming Black Widow movie. Her uniform in Iron Man 2 is so skin tight that I can't imagine her being able to even breathe in that freaking outfit. So it's like, it's such a difference between, like, say, a quote-unquote male gaze to a quote-unquote female gaze because Black Widow is uh, directed by a woman. And so she's wearing, obviously, her tactical outfit, her leotard, whatever, but it at least looks breathable as opposed to, say, you know Iron Man 2, where everything looks like like she looks like she sucked into that freaking outfit.
1: She was like. Have you seen those people's kink where like they get like sealed in the latex and there's like a vacuum cleaner that they use yeah. to like, suck the air out so it like puts them airtight? That was her. They like air sucked her tight into that thing.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how I feel about it. like and Captain Marvel, too, like wasn't, like, skin tight, you know, it looked like a uniform, and I appreciate that, all right, like, you know, do I think that Brie Larson was the best casting choice for Captain Marvel? No, actually, um, even when they announced it, I was like, she doesn't look like how I would imagine Captain Marvel looks, but that's just simply because I always thought that Captain Marvel should look bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like
1: to my me, my whole thing is Brie he, Larson just looked kind of plain to me, and I know that sounds bad too.
0: Well, I just think that it's like look at the comics. Whenever you see Carol Danvers, I mean, she has muscles, like oh, muscles. Yeah. Um, but Brie Larson really doesn't. She's quite thin, Um, and I'm not saying she's not strong, because they literally posted that video of her, like, flipping over a gigantic, like, monster truck tire, Um, but freaking, I don't know, I just feel like all the, you know, men in the MCU bulked up, you know, Brie Larson should have bulked up just a little.
1: It was, like, your issue with the first Wonder Woman,
0: it is. And I always say that when they freaking first casted Gail the Duck, is that I was like, she's supposed to be an Amazonian? Look at her. I was like, not saying that she's not a beautiful woman and she's not being like amazing. And you know that I actually do really love her as Wonder Woman. But when I first saw her, I was like, come on, like, where, what is the fear? of freaking having a woman who's bulked up as shit you know like you're amazonian you know like to me the only thing that really sold me at first with gail is finding out that she was in the israeli army so i was like okay well she kind of knows what the hell she's doing but um yeah that looks I, like where it makes it like but that's
1: kind of like the problem too is that i guess sometimes these women have to like prove themselves well we can have any of the other guys and we go, Oh yeah, they're good. You know, and me and Aaron have talked about it a lot of times, um, because you know, he works out a lot and he, He'll say, he's like, they're show muscles. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, they're big. He goes, and I'm sure they're strong. He said, but they're more about looking good than actually being strong. He was like, he was like, I bet you someone that may be overweight but trains a different way will be a lot stronger than these guys. And I always found that interesting because they are, their glamour muscles.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, like I'll, I'll say really quick before we move on, um, you watch The Mandalorian, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, oh, God, why can't I? Kara, uh, who actually is the same woman who played Angel in Deadpool. You know, like the the, the woman who? Okay, but, yeah, oh, no, absolutely, fucking bleep. But look at her arm. <laughs> like, she is bulked up. And I said to Joanne one time that I would have liked to see someone like her play Wonder Woman. Because to me, it made more sense. And, of course, Juan's like, oh, can you imagine that one scene in Batman versus Superman where it's Superman, uh, Batman, and Wonder Woman standing there? How weird it would have looked if she was... And I'm like, no, it wouldn't have looked weird. It would have looked badass because she would have been, like, just freaking, like, hulked out pretty much. I don't know. I like that shit. Like, let's get more of that into the universe there needs to be more we representation. A muscle mama and still a muscle daddy exactly you know what i appreciate that thank you Brittany. but um let's move on uh Brittany, what is your number four well surprisingly it's not
1: gonna be Marvel.
0: wow <laughs> I know
1: I know I'm gonna do the Bane versus uh Batman
0: fight oh my god it's so funny really quick before you go on because I was sitting there trying to think like how do I incorporate something that's not Marvel I was like oh that scene which is not on my list but I'm so happy that you put that on the list.
1: I just I love it because you know how much I love Bane. I love the direction they went with him. I love his accent. What what, what kind of accent would you call that? I have no idea. But it was supposed to I be like think,
0: Caribbean or something.
1: Oh, that's you know what that's probably true. But I, what I love so much about it is that. The whole time we had seen Batman be this, like, unbeatable force, right? He's been through so much. And a lot of the times the people he's going against is more of, like, a mental uh adversary more than a physical adversary so to see Bane literally grab him and break him over his knee I was like I remember I was sitting in the theater going oh my god what just happened is he dead there's no way he's coming back from that but I also like the uh the uh what do you say? Like you think you know the dark? I was born and <laughs> was raised in it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. I see the, all in the obsession that came with Vane afterwards, with everybody wanting to dress up as him, and people still cosplaying as him. Still sad about the New York Comic Con thing. Still not over it. Um, but just getting to see the fight between them and realizing how outmatched Batman was was amazing to me. I sometimes I just want to see the villain win. And that was one of the times of the villain getting to win.
0: No, it was great because first of all that was like pulled directly from like a comic, right? And that's the yeah. thing that, like, drives me crazy about Juwan, where he's like, oh, they, you know, they were good movies, but they weren't good Batman movies. And I'm like, Christopher Nolan, you know, put in all this fucking, like, comic book, like, work here. He literally, like, you know, ripped something from, like, a comic book and put it in his movie. And I loved it, as you said, right, where his villains have always been more mental. And that was a decision that was consciously made by Christopher Nolan, because... After Heath Ledger passed away, uh, people were wondering, you know, who's going to be the villain in the third one? Well, you know, either you can get someone to, you know, replace Heath Ledger or get a villain similar. And I have seen a few people online who are like, let's get the Riddler. You know, who would be a good Riddler? You know, people are like, oh, let's get Neil Patrick Harris. Let's get Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's do a freaking, uh, you know, the Riddler. And Christopher Nolan's like, no, like we've had villains who have fucked with Batman mentally, but none of them have been able to uh, go up against him physically, and Bane was the perfect match, because not only was he able to match uh, Batman mentally, because Bane was not stupid. He was incredibly intelligent, but he could go up against Batman physically, and I loved that fight. It was the first time you saw, like, oh my god, Batman's going to get beat. And, like, Batman is literally losing right now because Bane was so strong and him able to just kind of, like, pretty much make Batman his bitch and just, like, toss him around. That shit was, I loved that scene. I loved Catwoman watching the whole entire time uh, and just seeing, like, Batman get his ass beat and you're, like, I don't know how Batman can recover from this. He literally just had his back broken. And doesn't, like, I love Bane's Bane confidence. You lo- yeah, well I was gonna say doesn't Bane say something like uh you know I will break your spirit or something like that you know he says like some like really he's like cool first line. I'll break
1: your spirit and then I'll break your body or like something like that
0: yeah yeah something I just love I love Dane you're gonna bring it all back for me Brittany cause uh, I, I, love know, it. I know I <laughs> know I love that shit I told you uh. I always loved the scene where the one guy played by Ben Mendelsohn, who played Talos in the Captain Marvel, where he was like, I'm in charge, and all Bane did was put his hand on his shoulder. Do you feel in charge?
1: (laughs) I was going to say, that was part of the way we met with your Bane
0: story. Ah, no, My, my dear. We met
1: in Transformers. Which, by no, the way, we met in Transformers, but then I read your Bane story after we got uh, to know one another, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, it's still probably the best story that I've ever written. Um, By the way, Brittany, I don't know if you've seen, I tagged you on uh, Twitter that they're coming out with a new Transformers uh, anime for Netflix, and it looks pretty legit. It looks really good. What? Uh you need to pay attention when I when I tag you in Twitter. I tag you in good shit.
1: When was this?
0: Yesterday. Oh shit, I'm pay watching.
1: attention.
0: Um but yeah, I love the uh the Bane versus Batman fight, like still one of the most iconic fights of all time. So thank you so much for that, Brittany. Uh, if we have more time, I would probably want to divulge a little further into it, but we still have three more to go, so I want to make sure that we have enough time for that, but it is the like, among all of our Marvel picks, it is the perfect DC pick to be included in on this list, because I don't care what anyone says, Tom Hardy was brilliant as Bane, and Christian Bale was fantastic as Batman, and seeing those two go up against each other is still some of the best Comic book movie material I've ever seen. So awesome, Brittany! I'm going to hit the number three, Um, and it is going. I'm going back to to uh, to Marvel. Don't don't hate, don't kill me. No, but uh, it's got this girl. (laughs) It's going to be in Thor Ragnarok, the fight on Rainbow Bridge, where uh, freaking. You know, so, and you know, I try and put this scene on like any freaking list that I can. The scene when Thor, you know, finds that the power is within him. He makes his grand entrance of electricity and shit everywhere. Led Zeppelin plays in the back. And so pretty much it's just everyone fighting, right? It's Thor fighting against all of those weird undead soldiers. It's fucking Loki using his helmet literally to like fight people with. It's Valkyrie fighting and making her shit. It's Hulk fighting up against the big, massive undead dog. Like, all of it together just is so perfect. Like, the way that it was choreographed was just so great. Like, just to see everyone, like, fighting in that simulation. Korg is going against everyone. Like, I just love that fight when finally it seems like You know, the Revengers are getting the advantage over Hela. I love that. What do we call ourselves? The Revengers. (laughs) I'm getting revenge. You're getting revenge. Don't you want revenge? Uh, But I just loved it because obviously Thor became like a fucking god in that moment. Uh, It's nice seeing Loki fight because we don't often see him in hand-to-hand combat uh, Valkyrie, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all of that, like, the usage there, uh, you know, Heimdall was made, like, the most badass that they've ever made him in the MCU, uh, Valkyrie is just fucking epic, uh, and the Hulk going up against, uh, I forgot what the dog's name is, but, yeah, so, Uh, That scene on the Rainbow Bridge with all of the, I'm just calling them the Revengers, against Hela's undead army was just so epic. So, yeah, that's my pick. What you think?
1: (laughs) I was going to say that's a great one because uh, getting to see every, by the way, it reminds me of every, like, RPG I've ever played that place where you could pick races or, like, different classes like like loki would be the the rogue class they always have like daggers and stuff then you have like the berserker class or the warrior class which would be thor then you have freaking uh you have hella you have the um you have the um the valkyrie you know what i mean it's like everything is just perfect for it i do get to love seeing where, like you said, Loki got to fight. Uh, We don't normally see him in a fight scene like that, getting to see everybody come together. The wolf was freaking badass, but that's also the scene where Hulk said, if I turn, I may never be able to turn back. And we did see that because remember the wolf bit him and you seen the green blood like, going into the water which you know later on we see Thanos who freaking uh basically beats the Hulk right out of him I love that the Hulk was so scared of Thanos that he could not come back
0: that he was like no thank you but I also love that for a second the Hulk was able to kind of go toe-to-toe with Thanos while Thanos beat the Hulk the Hulk was able to get in a lot more than most of the superheroes were able to get in. And I also just love, I'm sorry to like interrupt, but I also just love the callback there, where remember in the first Avengers, Tony says to Loki, you know, Loki's like, I have an army. And Tony's like, we have a whole. And Logan's like, well, we have we have the Hulk. <laughs> I like how
1: he's like, I had to get, I had to get that back. I had to get that back. Sorry to get into a different fight scene. It's just that that scene led up to so much, and I do love watching Thor get to come into himself. Where you know he is a god. What are you, the god of hammers? And it's like, oh. oh, bitch, you about to – also, I love that Thor gets blinded. I know that's, like, such, like, a scene beforehand, but I thought that was such good uh, story I writing, wanted... especially.
0: I wanted him to freaking uh, keep having only one eye. Like, I love how too." like, too. She was like, it's so obvious, even a blind man can see, and she takes his freaking eye, and she goes, now you look like dad. And it's like, I love him having just a one eye, like, the whole thing, like, what <laughs> was it uh, uh, when Thor, like, talks to Loki, and Thor's like, you're late, and Loki's like, you're missing an eye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Loki actually helped and he
1: stayed and fought because he's such a coward that you know he in well, most
0: time he may have ran Well someone pointed out that all Loki ever wanted since the beginning was essentially like that recognition you know in the first floor he you know tries to be the leader in the second Thor, you know, I mean, the second Thor, he was like just a little shit the whole time, but Thor of the Dark Worlds is probably the most awful movie of the MCU. So, uh, but then in freaking Thor Ragnarok, you know, he was just chilling as Odin. You thought, like, oh, you know, he's going to wreak, you know, chaos and havoc. It's like, no, he just wanted to chill and drink wine the whole fucking time. Like, you know, I he know. wasn't planning on anything. Even freaking do anything. <laughs> going do anything. And so when he gets to uh to the battle, and what did he say? Your savior is here! <laughs> right?
1: Right? He's so... You know, on some scenes they made him so vicious and others they made him so goofy.
0: I know. I love all of him. All of the Loki. I mean, he's pretty goofy no matter what. Like in Thor the Dark World and Avengers Endgame where you see him like transforming himself into captain america and being just a little shit like that's the i love but um but let's, I know. Move on. I... let's move on uh Brittany. what is your number two
1: i'm gonna go it's funny that you talked about this scene because the scene i wanted to do was hulk versus thor when they're on uh the planet what's that planet called
0: that oh, basically uh, the grandmaster
1: uh, puts them against one another. Oh God, the car? Yeah, I think so. Because when Thor's like all ready to fight, and you know he's talking about how he misses his hammer, and what's his name? He says he's like, man, that uh, that that uh hammer makes it sound like you lost like a family member, and he's like something like that. <laughs> And it's like, oh, uh, and then they go to fight, and you're like, oh, who's he going to go against? Who's he going to go against? And then he's like, and they're like, and a Hulk. And he's like, yes.
0: And you're like, you're like,
1: that's not the reaction I was hoping for. And even the Grandmaster looks confused. And Loki's like, wanting out of there. He's like, hell no. I don't know
0: what the PC as a
1: I he literally he was like triggered. He needed to be like out of there now. Because he was like, like even the Grandmaster is like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, I'm out of here. But I love Thor so excited at first to see the Hulk. And he's like, buddy, you know, he's a friend from work. And also, he looks to Loki, and he's like, "Loki, look who it is." And that's when, like, also, you know, it's supposed to be like, "Do they know one another?" And it's like, "Oh no, no, no!" You know, Loki's still pretending. That's totally not my brother. That I kind of want to see you get murdered. Which I think that's so funny, Loki. That which makes me think of that scene where Thor talks about the snake and he's like oh yeah and then it was a a snake and it bit me (laughs) i don't know why that makes me laugh so hard but that whole entire scene's great because the whole also that's the first time you get to see thor really use his powers like the lightning powers without like the hammer and so you're like oh shit what did thor just do and you're like okay that's pretty freaking incredible Until you know the Hulk like jumps up and lands on him and nearly freaking kills him which was pretty badass too. But yeah,
0: that's gonna be my scene. I love that. Just like the Hulk and he's like, Yes, it's a friend from work And I love I love when they're fighting and Thor's like You're embarrassing me. I told them that we were friends My favorite shit is when Hulk tries to use, the, like, you know, the sun's going real low. He tries to use that on the Hulk, and the Hulk just starts pulling him around. And Loki literally stands up and goes, yes, that's what it feels like, <laughs> because that's what happens to him. And yes. Like, that's what it feels like. But, um, no, it was an epic fight scene, because it's like, clearly the Hulk has, you know, defeated all of these warriors before, and for Thor to, like, you know, because you see Thor, like, made a dent, right, he takes that, like, tool that looks like a hammer, but not his hammer, but, like, hits Hulk in the face of it, and essentially sends him flying, and even the Grandmaster, like, stands up, like, shocked, you know, And even Valkyrie, who's watching this whole time, gets, like, intrigued, you know? And so it was really, like, a great fight between the two of them. I feel like there was a lot of callbacks to previous scenes, previous movies, uh, you know, and just seeing the Hulk, like, go up against Thor and – because really the only Avenger who is able to go up against the Hulk without any sort of, like, you know, tool like Tony is Thor, Um, and you're right, that is the scene where we kind of see, like, the first beginnings of Thor, like, because he's on the ground, and his eyes go blue, and from his fingertips, lightning comes, you know, and it's like, oh, like, this is, I I will forever be grateful for Taika Waititi for doing with Thor what no other person was able to do, because in the past, it was just Thor using Mjolnir's. summon that shit but it's like no it was in him like like taika established thor as like the strongest person um and i loved it like you know thor was not on the top of my list of favorite characters in the mcu until thor ragnarok i think that's what gets me too is
1: that beforehand Like, I did not like Thor. I did not care about him. There was no reason to care about him. And he really made me care about him instead of just being some musclehead.
0: No, no, exactly. Thor was incredibly one-dimensional before that. And even Chris Hemsworth had said that after Thor The Dark World that he had gotten bored of playing the character. And it wasn't until Taika came in that he found that, like, sort of, like, energy again to play the character. Uh, And I think that that's great, you know. Um, He certainly became one of the most, like, like, I don't think that Infinity War would have been so heavily reliant on Thor if it weren't for the fact that Taika had come in. Like, if we had still had the same Thor that we had before Ragnarok, He he wouldn't have been as heavily featured in any. Oh, yeah. They would have just, like, tucked him away. Exactly. So I love this. I love Hulk versus Thor. Still one of the greatest fight scenes of all time in the MCU. So uh, we are down to the number one on our top ten fight scenes in superhero movies. And we have had some really fantastic ones. I know that there are shit tons. I'm sure we're going to get flack that we didn't feature nearly enough DC movies, um, and we didn't include Deadpool. But you know what? We had fun. There's so many options out there that we could do, like, four parts on these type of uh, podcasts. So, yeah. So let me go through uh, the scenes really quick before we get to number one. So it's going to be Hulk versus the Hulkbuster in Age of Ultron. Uh, Falcon versus Ant-Man, the airport fight scene in Civil War, Bucky versus Sharon and Natasha, uh, the elevator fight scene, Captain Marvel's, uh, just a girl fight, Bane versus Batman, which is so good it warrants being in a bunch of, you know, a list in between a bunch of Marvel movies, uh. Number three is the Rainbow Bridge fight scene in Thor Ragnarok. Number two is the Hulk versus Thor in Thor Ragnarok, which is still one of the greatest movies in the MCU of all time. But I am going to do the number one scene. And it is going to be from a Captain America movie. I can't help myself. But it is going to be Iron Man versus Bucky versus Captain America at the end of Civil War. Ooh, because that's a good one. That, because that fight scene was not only so well choreographed, it was so intense. I was on the edge of my seat. And if you think about so let me give you some background really quick, right? Uh, in the comics during the Civil War uh, time, like storyline, Cap dies uh, by accident. Um, and that's what essentially stopped the fighting so a lot of people once they saw that they were doing the civil war storyline it's like is this when Taff dies or are they going to turn it around and make Tony die so the whole time I was watching I was like oh my god who's dying like who's going to accidentally die in this moment uh and it was and it was so intense because if you think about it's like okay, so the whole movie was, you know, Civil War, everyone against each other. But then Tony kind of opened his eyes and saw that there was, like, all this, like, you know, corruption and then there was these problems with Demo and they, you know, need to work together. And he's like, okay, let's, you know, call a truce. And the three of them are, like, exploring this shit together. But then you knew. You knew as soon as that footage started playing and Tony found out that Bucky is the man responsible for the death of his parents, and that it wasn't going to be good, right? And so oh, then yeah, he just no. had... and just to have like the three of them go up against each other. I mean, there like there are so many things that happen, and I know that like talking about them isn't going to really do it justice. But you have, you know, uh, Bucky and Cap like bouncing the shield against, you know, to one another to fight up against. Tony. You have freaking uh, Tony's suit analyzing Cap's fight patterns to combat him. You have uh, Tony blasting towards Cap's shield and that epic scene. Like the whole entire thing. Uh, you know, Tony like, you know, fighting over against Cap and Cap like, you know, he's my friend and Tony's like, so was I. and just the Oh, the so was I gets me. Oh. I know, like, because it's not like, you know, so am I, it's so was I. Like, we ain't friends anymore, bitch. Um, and he's just like, so was I. And I love how, you know, the whole fight, right, they're fighting up against each other, and they know that if they just kill the, the arc reactor in Tony's suit, that the fight will be over, because obviously Tony, you know, without the suit can't go up against the two of them. And you see, you know, Bucky trying to get a hold of it because they're not—they're not trying to kill Tony. They're just trying to kill the arc reactor. And you yeah. see, Bucky—you see Bucky trying to get at it, and Tony just using that to blast fricking Bucky's metal arm off. And then at that one scene where it's like things are just so bare knuckle, right? Cap versus Tony, just going at it, it's desperate, right? And Tony—and Tony's on the ground. And Cap's just using his shield. And you see Tony, like, because Cap, I think, tears his helmet off. And it's like, Tony looks scared almost. Like, he's looking at him like, is Cap going to kill me in this moment? And then you're like, is Cap going to kill him in this moment? Like, what is going on? And Cap just uses the shield to just break the arc reactor finally. And it's like, that's the end of it. And just how, like, exhausting it is and how they're leaving and Tony's like, you don't deserve that shield. My father gave that to you. And it's like, it means so much more now because it's like, my father, the man that your best friend killed, gave that to you. You don't deserve it. And Kath really just dropping the fucking shield. Um, And it's just so epic. There's so much more I can go into, like at the end of that movie, how Kath you know, writes him that letter and how you know, uh, at the end of Endgame, then, you know, finally trusting each other, Tony giving Cast the shield back, you know, and all the symbolism there and shit like that, all the callbacks there. Um, I could go into that for fucking days. But um, what do you think, Brittany, about this uh, final battle scene in Civil War?
1: Gonna say that is a sad scene whenever he's like, You don't deserve that, you know. My father, you know, all that with the shield and him just dropping it. I was like, Oh, but there is that scene where you're like, God, is he gonna kill him? Like, it's such an intense scene, and I do feel bad for Tony because you think about it your whole issue of like being, you know, he had a lot of regret and maybe he wouldn't have become a better person if what had happened to him didn't happen to him, especially with his parents. But Captain America, you feel bad for him, too, because he's dealing with the fact that he's finally got his best friend back, his brother, the one he's been raised with. And then he finds out he's alive, but he's done all this terrible shit, but then also he's he was brainwashed. So then you're just wanting to give him back so he can be better because you're not blaming him as a person, you're blaming whoever made him do it. But obviously, Tony's emotionally charged from it. It's just, it's a no-win situation. People are going to get hurt. People's feelings are going to be hurt. But getting to watch Bucky and Captain America do a double team on Tony was really awesome because you realize how in sync they are even after all these years. Mm -hmm. And honestly, but Tony held his own really well to those two. They're super powered.
0: Tony definitely held his own. And as you are saying, like, what's also intense about that is that you look back and realize that Cap has known for a while. Like, Cap found that out in The Winter Soldier when him and Natasha were down there and, uh, you know, Zola or something was explaining how, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. has used The Winter Soldier to, you know, like, pretty much course correct history And shows, like, Howard Stark's death. And it's like, you know, Cap essentially knew this whole time and just never said anything. Which is like, you know, that's really awkward to say, hey, by the way, my my best buddy killed your parents. In a really horrific manner. Like, we want to talk about, like, the Marvel movies being, like, kid movies. That freaking scene was really hard to watch and, like, still is hard to watch to this day. Because yeah, isn't Howard, was, like,
1: wanting him to get, like, uh, like begging the Winter Soldier, to, like, at first, before he realized what he is, to get an ambulance for his wife?
0: I forget if it's that or if it's he's just pretty much, like, you know, concentrate on me, don't concentrate on her type thing. Like, you know, if you're going to kill, you know, kill me, don't kill her. But he fucking, like, pretty much chokes her out to death and, like, pretty much beats Howard's face into the steering wheel like, oh, so Oh, I forgot Cap. about that part. I forgot it wasn't a quick death. Fuck. It was not a quick death, and so that was really hard, and, but Tony certainly, like, you could, like, I love Cap, you know, I'm such, like, a Steve Rogers fan, but I, of course, understood Tony in that moment, and, you know, everything, like, was a callback to that, right? Like, you know, it hurt me so much that, freaking, they never even, like, spoke to each other in Infinity War and then in Endgame, like, they still, like, things were kind of not, you know, right. Like, what did Tony say? Like, he was like, oh, you know, what would you say, Cap? You know, I said I wanted to do this thing. You know, I wanted to get a robot everywhere, you know, so that we could be prepared. But you were like, no, you know, we'll, if we fail, we'll fail together. He's like, well, we didn't do that together, did we? We didn't do that together. He was like, you're a liar, you know, blah, blah then to finally see them, like, you know, become friends again and, you know, trust each other. And it's like, that was just so beautiful. But um, really quick, I have two things to say. But um, I always loved looking back at Infinity War when Bruce comes to Earth and he doesn't realize what happens. And Tony's like, oh, you know, the Avengers broke up. You know, I don't talk to Steve anymore. And Bruce is like, please put away your petty bullshit. The end of the world is happening. Call. Steve, and I so badly wanted him to call Steve in that moment, but, um, I know, I did too until he realized the wind was changing. Yes. Um, Civil War, though, what was great about it is, you know, when we talk about underrated villains, I don't think, uh, what's Juma calls it? Oh, my God, what, Zemo is really, like, considered to be that big, right? You don't think, because he never, like, fought hand-to-hand. But in in fact, I want to say that he's up there with Thanos, and you know why? Because he accomplished the one thing that every freaking villain tries to do, and he literally destroyed the Avengers, and he knew that he couldn't destroy the Avengers by doing it himself. He just planted the seeds so that they would destroy themselves. I'm like, yo, he's a smart mother effer, and I'm excited he's for him to be coming back. I love it. I love it. I'm excited for him to come back in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. And there's a deleted scene with Zemo where they explain where he got the Winter Soldier book. And pretty much he went to, like, an auction that was auctioning off, like, you know, black market shit. And he pretty much kills everyone by releasing a gas and just stands up and fucking gets the book anyway and walks out while everyone's, like, dying of, like, gas poisoning. Well,
1: that's entirely messed up. Yeah, I know. Hello? I know. Oh, Well,
0: but um, Brittany, while we have a little bit of time left, did you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to throw out there? I'm trying to think.
1: Um, I think I used up all of them because I was pretty happy. Um, hmm. Hmm. Maybe the Thanos versus Hulk because it was such a small scene, but we did touch upon it a little bit.
0: Yeah, that was fantastic. Like I still love that. We have a Hulk. Um I love that. Uh if I have to throw out some honorable mentions, I'm sure I can throw out a lot more, but um freaking uh Ronin versus Drax in the first Guardians Ooh. of the Galaxy just because you know, he's just, like, so chilling, Ronan, like, telling Nebula, like, what to do while he's, like, avoiding Drax's punches and shit and, like, just lifting them up by the fucking neck. Uh, I did like uh, Loki and the fight in the first Thor uh, just because I think that was one of the only times we've seen Loki in a hand-to-hand combat, and I think that he could hold his own a little bit more than people give him credit for. Uh, and then just so many, like I had uh, in The Winter Soldier, the fight between Cap and Bucky on the bridge, the hand-to-hand combat, which is so Oh, amazing. yeah, that one was freaking, good. That's such a good, I wanted to include that, but I had others that I was like, I really want to talk about those more. So I had that um, freaking, oh, in Deadpool 1, the, the uh, what's it called, the helicarrier scene at the end. When freaking uh, Deadpool, Colossus, and Megasonic Teenage Warhead, like, make their entrance uh, to DMX playing in the back. And then they start, Yes, like, fighting. yes. Uh, and speaking about Deadpool and Deadpool 2, when they're on the, uh, that transport and Domino is, like, fighting up against, like, the prisoners and shit. Like, there are some legit great, like, fight scenes. In that movie as well. But um yeah, there was a dubstep in... fight with Cable. Oh my God. <laughs> what
1: did he say? He's like, fuck dubstep. <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes, uh, what is he like, dead, uh, not dead, dubstep's dead or something like that? Or he's like, F dead step. Oh. And he's like, I love dubstep.
0: Doesn't Doug will say, like, in the future, is Dubstep still a thing or something like that? Like, oh, my God. that was Oh, and that's play. when he goes, F Dubstep. I love
1: Dubstep.
0: And then it just plays in the background. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, there are so many fantastic, like, fight scenes, uh, you know, throughout, like, superhero movies. Uh, again, as I said, it would take us forever to, like, go through each and every one of them um but seriously i i love this list just because i love superhero movies uh, and i especially love the freaking mcu so i think that we had a lot of like really great options here
1: i agree i i was i had a lot of fun with this one
0: And the only reason why I didn't include the final battle scene from... I didn't include battle scenes, right? Because I feel like that's different than fight scenes while there is fighting, you know, in it. But, like, fight scenes to me are more, like, of a smaller scale, hand-to-hand combat as opposed to, say, like, you know, Thor entering in Wakanda in Infinity War, the final battle scene in Endgame. Like, those are huge, epic battles. And I wanted to kind of separate those from like the smaller scale fight scenes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. We definitely have to do a top ten fight scenes in superhero shows because I do feel bad for you not being able to do the Frank Castle one, but it would have been better for us to just separate them out.
1: What's that song? Gotta keep them separated. That's what it makes me think (laughs) of.
0: But uh, what you call it? All right, Brittany. Well, while we have the time here, why don't you let everyone know where we can find you and what uh, you know what you got on our horizon here?
1: I was gonna say you can always find me at Twitch TV slash itty bitty Brit. That is where I've been playing a lot of uh, scary games lately. Been playing Resident Evil Seven, which is utterly terrifying. But I wasn't a total wuss this time. Uh, have our jackbox party six um, nights where the community can play with me um, it's kind of like a mass online game where you use your phone as a controller which you should do with me sometimes tia i think you would enjoy yourself and you can find me at twitter at itty bitty for zero so that you can keep up with my schedule or see if like Monday, Monday through Friday, except not on Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central Time, till I just get too tired to play anymore. But it, you can find me there, and uh, I'm just enjoying myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe one day I'll I'll do that with you uh, and uh, get into the age of you youngins and all that. But um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had a really great time on this podcast as well. I think that we really got through a lot of awesome fight scenes, and I think that once we get off air, we're going to be texting each other about this character and that character, which I can already see from your messages to me. But
1: um, oh, yeah, no, so please make,
0: <laughs> please make sure that you check out Brittany on the out, you know, let on the outlets that she just said, Um and then also make sure that you not only check out. My stuff, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter, as TFAB or T.C. Stark is my username. Um, I have this really awesome uh, email interview that I did with Narcos Mexico Clark Freeman, uh, and that was really great. A lot of insider information I received from him, and I think that you should honestly check it out. It's pinned to my profile on Twitter. But besides that, make sure that you check out geekfivesnation.com and also Geek Nation on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the latest news, opinion pieces, and all of that fun stuff. We put out written content every single day, and we are full of really enthusiastic podcasters, as I said at the top of this show, Stranger Damies, as well as, they call this a movie, Scene and Nerd, which if you are a fan of, any of the CW shows, they do a lot of coverage on that and they're, honestly, it's Will and Sarah, they're really great people. Um, Besides that, we have Sports Talk, WWE, Uh, Juwan and I just did a Geek Vibes Live yesterday with uh, Dan Aquino from They Call This Movie and that was really fun. Um, And just We have a lot of stuff upcoming, giveaways, we have a Patreon page now and we just try and expand. So, anything that you want to see from us, just let us know. But, Brittany, uh, it's always great doing the top 10. I feel very uh, enthusiastic, very invigorated, and I am ready to go fight Thanos. So, Thanos. <laughs> I'm perfect. But, uh, I had a
1: wonderful time, uh, great show, and I can't wait for next
0: week. Absolutely. So uh, it, as as the great Juan once said, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, everyone, please have a fantastic Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.